Hey there, everyone. This is Greg Schutz with ReadyForTheDraft.com and the Ready For The Draft podcast. We're kicking off episode five of my podcast series, which is leading up to the NFL Draft, which is set to begin Thursday, April 26th in Arlington, Texas, AT&T Stadium. You know we're just four days away from the draft. The countdown is officially on, and I am pumped. Now, in episode five, we're going to be picking up where we left off uh, with the positional rankings on defense. And we're going to take a look at inside linebacker as well as both the cornerback and safety positions in the secondary. We're also going to take a look at some of the team needs of all 32 franchises, uh, explore some of the potential fits at some of those positions. So we're going to go ahead and start there. We'll finish that off on episode six. Uh, So just letting you know kind of what we have coming up. Uh, You know, Cleveland, you know, Cleveland Browns have been on the clock for months now. But uh, I think everyone's kind of wondering when GM uh, John Dorsey is going to reveal the number one overall pick. Will we have to wait for Roger Goodell to actually make that announcement at the podium? You know my stance on the position. You know, Josh Rosen, I think the lingering durability concerns, he's out. Baker Mayfield, you know, he has the chance to to change that that losing culture in the Browns organization. But I just don't think uh, John Dorsey... Wants to take a quarterback who's just over six feet tall with the number one overall pick. Uh, so I think he's out. Josh Allen, yes, he has the most impressive physical skills as a passer. Uh, but no matter how you really want to spin it, history has shown that completion percentage is a problem. You know, If you can't complete 60% of your passes at uh, the collegiate level, what makes you think you're going to be able to do it at the next level? You know, that is definitely a concern. You've seen that uh, time and time again. Kyle Bowler, Jake Locker two that immediately come to mind. So that leaves Sam Darnold. Yes, he was outplayed by Josh Rosen in the Crosstown rivalry uh, you know, against UCLA, a game that USC won. He struggled to make a big play when it counted against Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl, uh, where he really struggled with some of the sophisticated defensive uh, looks that they, they showed him. Um, but you got to keep in mind that he's a redshirt sophomore. You know, I think what you really take away is the poise in the pocket, his anticipation, the ball placement, and the ability to extend plays and improvise on the move. You know, I think that makes him the safe pick at number one overall, as long as he's given a year to develop. And I think with Cleveland, you know, he, he you know, that is the case. He's going to be able to sit behind Tyrod Taylor and can develop from uh, head coach Hugh Jackson, who's known for coaching up quarterbacks. And uh, here's a little food for uh, food for thought: the Jets. They traded up to number three from uh, from number six, and the expectation is that they're going to pick use that pick on a quarterback. But what if that move was actually made to land someone else? How about the draft's top pass rusher? Now the Jets struggled to put pressure on the quarterback in 2017, registered just 28 sacks. Todd Bowles is a defensive-minded head coach. Uh, plus, they uh, the, the Jets took a flyer on Teddy Bridgewater, and they still have Christian Hackenberg and Bryce Petty on the roster behind Josh McCown. So not the most shocking thing that would happen if the Jets happened to take Bradley Chubb number three overall. It could happen. You know, and it wouldn't be the, the most shocking thing that would come out of the draft if that were to happen. And that'd be a, a huge smoke screen because everybody uh, is, is leaning towards a quarterback at this point. Um, but just something to think about. You know, don't be shocked if you do see that happen on draft day. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump into the positional rank, uh, position rankings here uh, on the defensive side of the football. At inside linebacker, I think when you talk inside linebacker, you know the, the conversation has to begin with Roquan Smith out of Georgia. 
236 pounds. The junior I have going to Chicago, the Bears. I think he has an opportunity to possibly, if he doesn't go there at number eight, he could go number 10 to the to the Raiders, uh, possibly number 11 to the Dolphins, and uh, he's not getting past Washington at 13. You know, he, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he really, you know, uh, established himself as an integral part of, of the Buffalo, or excuse me, the Bulldog defense, racked up 95 tackles as a sophomore in 2016, asserted himself as the nation's, uh, nation's best linebacker, winning the Buckus Award, led the team in tackles for the second straight year with 137 total, uh, including 14 for loss, six and a half sacks, you know, and he was the clear leader of that defense, calling out all the plays, put everyone in position before the snap. His instincts are apparent uh, against the run. As I, I think he flies around to the football, has e- exceptional range to really cover the field sideline to sideline, quick to diagnose the plays, very decisive in his movements, takes the proper angle to the football, uh, showed a tremendous speed at the combine. 4-5-140 was the fastest among the linebackers, not named Shaquem Griffin. Uh, he, he uses that, that speed to really come downhill in a hurry, uh, shoot the gaps where he, he needs the running backs in the hole, Uses that low pad level to deliver the big hit before wrapping up and driving through. Um, you know, I think that's key when you're watching him, uh, watching him play and really hit the hole. Uh, he's very fluid laterally, um, works well in traffic to avoid the blocks, has the speed to get inside out in a hurry to drop the ball carrier on the perimeter. Uh, and I really think that was on display uh, during a critical moment of the Rose Bowl. I spoke about it earlier in uh, in an earlier episode. You know, they were up 48-45 with Oklahoma driving for the game-winning score. Sooners facing third and two from the Georgia 17-yard line when Mayfield, uh, Baker Mayfield handed the ball off to uh, receiver Jordan Smallwood on a jet sweep. You know Smith was uh, was able to to flow uh, to the ball inside out, met Smallwood on the perimeter, dropped his hips, wrapped up the receiver, drove him back, only a gain of one yard. Forced the Sooners to kick a field goal, sent the game into double overtime where we all know what happened. Bulldogs went on to win the game on a touchdown run by Sony Michelle. You know, Smith, I think, is also just as impressive against the, the pass. You know, uh, Pro Football Focus gave uh, Roquan a grade of 90.6, which is the highest of any linebacker in this year's class. Athleticism to, to turn and run with the tight ends up the seam and the run, running backs out of the backfield. He trusts his eyes, quickly uh, breaking on that football. You know, uh, to arrive at the ball carrier, not allowing any yards after the catch. You know, I think he does have a tendency to play the run first, so you'll see some false steps in coverage, which will allow the quarterback to uh, complete some passes over the top you know, of, of the linebacker and in front of safeties. Um, you know, I think he was also asked to, to be a spy uh, of the quarterback quite a bit, which allowed him to read the play, shoot downhill, and disrupt the quarterback um, when the quarterback got outside the pocket. Did that quite a bit against uh, OU in the Rose Bowl. Um, you know, really affected Baker Mayfield in the second half. I think he shows some excellent timing blitzing the quarterback, um, shows some speed, you know, turning the corner off the edge, flattening out, getting to the quarterback for the sack. Um, so I think he really makes, a, you know, is a factor in every facet of the game. I think he's going to be an immediate contributor and probably a leader of the defense. Um, if not uh, year one, then probably by year two, he'll be that leader. Number two and number three. These two linebackers um, pretty much going hand-in-hand as top 25 picks. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch out of Boise State and uh, Rashawn Evans out of Alabama. I think what's interesting here is Leighton Vander Esch, if the Bills stay at number 22, I think Vander Esch has to be the guy to replace 
uh, Preston Brown, which would then mean Rashawn Evans becomes the the pick of the New England Patriots at 23. Now, if the Bills trade, you know, package that that pick and they they trade up, then I think Van Der Esch likely you know falls to the Pats at 23, which then means Rashawn Evans moves to 25 uh, to the Titans, where uh, he would replace Avery Williamson alongside Wesley Woodyard. So I've talked quite a bit about Leighton Vander Esch, uh, 6'4", 256 pounds, uh, the junior out of Boise State. You know, coming into 2017, I think he was a bit of an unknown. I didn't really know who he was. Uh, former walk-on, played eight-man football, as I've said in previous episodes. Um, really played a reserve role as a redshirt freshman, limited to just six games due to an injury a season ago. But uh, he was healthy as a junior, racked up 129 tackles, uh, really patrolling the middle of that that Bronco defense, and uh, ended the season with double-digit tackles in eight of his 13 games. Um, you know, he showed an ability to not only make plays behind the line of scrimmage, you know, with four sacks and five and a half tackles for loss, but also dropping into coverage. You know, he had three interceptions you know, from the middle linebacker position. Really a nose for the football, play, makes plays all over the field. Three forced fumbles as a junior as well, so something else to keep in mind. Finished his his uh, junior season uh, being named Mountain West Conference's Defensive Player of the Year. I really do, uh, think it didn't take long to really notice the the instincts that Van Der Esch possesses. Quick to diagnose the plays, trusts what he sees, uh, quick to react, takes the proper angle to the football, comes down and uh, downhill in a hurry, shoots the gap. Active hands to fight off the blocks and really just has a nose for the football. Uh, his vision allows him to, to see the play develop in front of him and to shoot off the, the hip of the pulling guard. Um, lateral quickness to scrape over the top, beat the ball carrier to the edge. And I think he's a you know really a good technical tackler. I think he breaks down in space, drops his hips, and drives through the ball carrier. Uh, doesn't allow uh, his man to fall forward for any extra yards. And I think that in, those instincts also carry over to the passing game where he does a good job reading the quarterback's eyes, which often takes him to the football. And he's, he's stiff in man coverage, but I think he's solid protecting the middle of the field. Um, and as I've said before, really that combine performance solidified himself as a, as a tw- uh, top 25 pick. 4'6'5'40", 39.5-inch vertical leap, while measuring in at 6'4 and 258 pounds. Sounds like a first-round pick to me. Rashawn Evans... 6'3", 232 pounds, out of Alabama. Um, if you watched him play, uh, you definitely saw an instinctive player with the versatility to, to play both inside and out. Started his career at outside linebacker before moving inside to his junior season. Really got a chance to play full-time as a starter um, his senior season. Finished with 74 tackles, 13 going for loss. Very instinctive against the run. Quick to diagnose the play uh, before shooting gaps, disrupting the play comes in with bad intentions um excellent range has the speed to make plays inside out as well um physical tackler like i said um really a menace in the in the passing game you know six sacks and another seven uh quarterback pressures while also breaking up three passes dropping uh dropping into coverage you know as an outside linebacker he had some skills um cutting in um bending off the edge to pressure the quarterback um also uses an inside-out spin move to get off blocks and uh, moves very well laterally in coverage. I think he does a good job reading the quarterback's eyes, changes direction quickly, can drive quickly on the ball as well. Um, to me, I think he's a three-down backer 
who uh, has a potential as well to be a, a leader on that defense. Which then takes me to number four. I think this is a, a you know a time where you'll kind of see a a bit of drop off in uh, at the at the linebacker position. Um, I think there's a chance that Josie Jewell comes off the board in round two, but uh, I think he'll probably end up being a third round pick. And uh, Josie Jewell, 6'3", 252 pounds out of Iowa. Um, and really, you know, I've got him going number 81 overall to the Cowboys. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But uh, there may not have been a linebacker at the collegiate level with better instincts than Josie Jewell. You know, if you wanted to know where the football was heading, all you had to do was keep an eye on number 43, and he'd take you right to the ball. He was just a ball hawk. Uh, 433 tackles, 28 tackles behind the line, 10 sacks, 6 interceptions, 26 pass breakups, 3 forced fumbles in his career at the middle linebacker position. Um, you know, he may not be the most gifted athlete, but I think what he makes up for um, you know, with it is the, uh, the knack for just reading the play in front of him, being decisive in his movements, and uh, he was rarely out of position. He's very quick to come downhill, uh, shoots the gaps very well, takes good angles to the perimeter, um, works well in traffic, uses his hand to get, hands to get off blocks, also gets good depth and coverage and reads the quarterback's eyes, breaking down quickly um, or breaks quickly on the football. Now, I said that you know he'd be a perfect fit for the Cowboys. You know, really, you know, I think there's no doubt that Jalen Smith is going to be a solid starter on the roster. But with Anthony Hitchens moving on, I think the best move is really to kick him outside to to the strong side backer, um, which would then allow him to play opposite Sean Lee, who would be the will, um, who I think is better one of the better linebackers in the league if he can stay healthy. That opens up a, a spot at middle linebacker, and if you've got a linebacking core of of Smith, Lee. And Jewel, I think you're in pretty good shape if you're the Dallas Cowboys. You know, definitely a guy who's who's tough, gritty, versatile, um, typical uh, Iowa Hawkeye linebacker. You know, a guy who's uh, really you know, just a, a football player. An ath- you know, he's not much of an athlete, but he's a football player. Number five on my list is Micah Kaiser out of Virginia. 6'2", 238 pounds. Enjoyed watching uh, Micah Kaiser play. I have him number 83 overall to the Ravens. He could easily fall to, to day three. Um, you know, he's one of the few linebackers in this year's draft um, that had the tackle production, or excuse me, there are a few linebackers uh, in the draft that had the tackle production that, that Kaiser had at, at Virginia. I'm trying to read my notes and kind of read that a little wrong. Uh, but he, he finished his four-year career with uh, 411 career tackles, you know, including 145 just last year. Um, I think he's instinctive and aggressive. You know, he diagnose, diagnoses plays quickly, flies around to the football downhill, and arrives to the ball carrier with with physicality. I mean, he's he's coming to hurt you. Um, I think he's limited athletically, very stiff, um, which may make him more of a two-down linebacker. But I think he does a great job working through traffic, uses his hands well to get off blocks. I think he's a playmaker when he arrives at the football, having you know forced eight fumbles and broke up 13 passes in his career. I think the Ravens would be a nice fit for him. Um, someone who I think, you know, there, there's depth is an issue there. You know, the Ravens have had a, a top five defense against the run in 2016, but they saw that ranking drop to 15 uh, just one year later. And I think adding a guy like, like Micah Kaiser, who can really play well against the run, um, would be a nice fit. Like I said, because he is more of a, uh, a run defender, he could fall to day three, 
but I think he's going to bring some much needed attitude to the interior of, uh, uh, of that Baltimore defense. If that's where he goes. Uh, number six, T gray scales, Indiana, six foot, 230 pounds, little undersized, but uh, he's going to bring some power. Um, you know, he bench pressed, uh, uh, 27 reps, at, uh, 225 in the, ben- um, at the combine. You know, I think he's instinctive, has really good play speed. I think he ran a four seven three forty at the combine, but uh, his play speed on the field is is a lot faster. I think he he does really really a good job of, of diagnosing plays that are in front of him. Um, I think he's able to play inside out versus the run and show some ability and coverage as well. Um, you know, T. Gray Scales is a guy who just filled the stat sheet for the Hoosiers. Three hundred twenty four uh, tackles in his career, forty six went for loss, so he's he's able to make plays behind the line of scrimmage. Don't forget the 17 sacks as well. Uh, eight interceptions, six pass breakups. I think he's someone who might be able to come off the board in the fourth round to the Eagles. Uh, Eagles have a, have an issue with, with Jordan Hicks, a guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy uh, since he was with the, uh, since he was at, uh, at Texas. And uh, I think he's, you know, he's someone who, you know, they're going to need to find some depth behind him. And I think uh, scales might be that guy. Number seven on my list is, Nick DeLuca out of uh, North Dakota State, 6'3", 251 pounds, instinctive linebacker, 26 tackles for loss, 9 sacks, 7 interceptions, 10 pass makeups in his career with the Bison. Very quick to diagnose, works well through traffic, uh, good burst to close, uh, but he's been dealing with injuries, so I think there are definitely some durability concerns. Only played in three games in 2016 due to a shoulder injury, was really hampered by a uh, knee injury as a senior, so those medicals really need to check out for him. And, uh, number eight for, uh, on my list is, is, uh, Fred Warner out of BYU, 6'3", 236 pounds, very versatile versus the run and in coverage. Uh, he was kind of a hybrid linebacker safety, very fluid athlete. But you know, the question is, is he a three, four outside or inside linebacker? Do you line him up as an in the box safety? And he's one of those guys though, who's the type of tweener that uh, teams are looking for. I think they'll find a place for him to play. You know, he's probably going to be a fourth or fifth round pick, but he's one of those athletes that uh, you're going to find a home for him. Probably a special teams contributor early on, but uh, someone who I can see developing into a starter down the road. So a few other guys to keep an eye on. Uh, Mike McRae out of Michigan, 6'4", 243 pounds, intelligent, physical at the point, attacks the ball downhill, uh, versus the run, but I think he's a liability in coverage. Uh, Jack uh, Sitchi out of Wisconsin, 6'2", 238 pounds. I think he plays with good leverage, gets up the field by shooting gaps downhill. And, uh, of course, who can forget his three sacks of Cody Kessler on three consecutive plays uh, against USC in the Holiday Bowl in 2015. But uh, a torn ACL ended his 2017 campaign before it began. So he's another one where the medicals need to be cleared um, if he's going to be ready to go. And one last name to th- uh, to look at as a potential late round pick, possibly a, a priority free agent, and that's Frank Jinda out of uh, San, uh, San Jose State. Six foot, two hundred forty five pounds, workout warrior, and a gym rat. Uh, led the nation with one hundred seventy six tackles. Yes, San Jose State. Uh, you know the Spartans had uh, you know a pretty poor offense, which meant the defense was on the field a lot. But still, one hundred seventy six tackles is pretty impressive. Guy's got an endless motor. I think he probably starts as a special teams ace, but I wouldn't count him out. 
uh, as a guy who can get onto the field at some point in his career. So we're going to go ahead and transition to the the cornerback position, um, position where I think it, it's lacking some depth at the top of the draft, but I think you're going to see a lot of depth uh, by the end of day two um, with this class. You know, Denzel Ward is uh, the, the the clear number one cornerback in this year's draft. He's 5'10", 191 pounds out of Ohio State. Uh, the junior doesn't have uh, prototypical size for someone that's going to be playing on the outside, but uh, I think he's aggressive. He's physical on the outside, has excellent ball skills to be the the number one corner uh, at the next level. You know, he he really put on a clinic at the combine uh, with explosiveness, showing that blazing four three two forty leaped uh, eleven feet four inches in the broad jump, um, both of which were best marks of any combine uh, participant also posted a 39 inch vertical leap, which means on the outside, he's going to be someone who can leap and uh, high point footballs make plays on the outside. I think what he really likes to do is he likes to play right up on the line, right under the wide receiver's nose. You know, he's very patient. Um, You know, when, when the ball is snapped, you know, he's square to the wide receiver, really ignoring any of the initial movements and uh, will then start to, to move with his man. Um, you know, I think he really lets the receiver, you know, make that make that move, and uh, then that's when he goes, you know, and squares up. You know, he stays low in his back pedal, has tremendous footwork, fluid hips to mirror the receiver's movements. Uh, very patient. You know, he runs stride for stride with the receiver. Um, you know, waits for the receiver's hands to go up, then he tries to make a play on the football. Uh, in phase with inside leverage on routes up the sideline. You know, and like I said, he he really does a good job high pointing the football. Um, you know, he does a good job also trailing and tracking the receivers across the middle of the field, uh, showing the closing burst to drop the receiver without uh, allowing any yards after the catch. Can also get a hand in to knock the play away as well. Uh, tremendous ball skills, a knack for really attacking the ball while it's in the air. 24 pass breakups uh, while only allowing 32% compl- uh, completions in his final two seasons at Ohio State. You know, I, I really think Ward's going to follow in the footsteps of, uh, you know, three other Buckeyes in the in the last uh, last three seasons to uh, go ahead and and uh, be a first round pick. You had Eli Apple in 2016, and then uh, Marshawn Lattimore and Gary Young Conley in 2017. Denzel Ward will be the first cornerback uh, taken in the draft. Could be as high as number seven to Tampa Bay. Number two is going to be Josh Jackson, six one, 192 pounds out of Iowa. The junior I have going number 18 overall to Seattle um, needs to, um, you know, I think he has the the size and the length to uh, you know, kind of replenish that that legion of boom, play with uh, Shaquille Griffin on the outside. You know, he came to, to Iowa City as a, as a wide receiver, but uh, transitioned to corner for his sophomore season. Um, 2017 was really his breakout year. Led the nation with uh, eight interceptions, 26 total passes defended, and according to NFL.com, uh, Josh Jackson gave up a completion rate of just 47.1%, made a play on 25.7 of the passes that were thrown his away, and didn't allow a single touchdown after week four. Um, if you watch the game against Ohio State, he picked off uh, JT Barrett three times in the 55-24 uh, to 24 upset win of, of the Buckeyes, took two of those interceptions to the house, or excuse me, took two interceptions to the house against Wisconsin as well. 
Um, I think he has prototypical size to be a shutdown corner on the outside. Fluid hips to turn and run stride for stride with his man. Uh, definitely puts himself in a position to make plays on the football, reading the quarterback's eyes and allowing him to take the uh, take those eyes to the ball. And I think you'll see him in phase off and with inside leverage on the deep ball down the sideline, forcing the quarterback to really make a perfect throw to beat him. Um, on the next, you'll, you'll see Jackson come in, um, will, will come off his man to undercut another route, you know, trusting his eyes and instincts to make the play. Um, you know, he's a dynamic play, uh, playmaker, but uh, that aggressive style of play can, can come at a cost. Um, he often really commits too hard on a route, which is going to make him susceptible for double moves. I think you're going to see that quite a bit early on in his NFL career. I think teams may also be concerned uh, about his speed as he tended to really gain any ground while he was training, uh, trailing a receiver and his four, five, six, 40 time at the combine didn't really help uh, his case to be a lockdown corner on the outside. I think he has to prove that he's simply not a, a one year wonder, but I think he definitely has the potential to be a, a big play corner at the next level. So number three on my list is Mike Hughes out of Central Florida. 5'11", 191 pounds, another junior. I have him going number 24 overall to Carolina. Um, he really began his, his career at uh, UNC. Sat out the 2016 season, transferring to UCF. And uh, as a junior this past season, finishes uh, finished the year with 49 tackles, four interceptions, one of which was returned for a touchdown, 11 pass breakups. I think his biggest strength really is his eyes. Reads the quarterback, breaks quickly on the football, often undercutting the route, makes a play on the football as it arrives. Um, does a good job pinning the wide receiver to the sideline on, on passes up the up the field, and uh, will often run the route for the wide receiver, really getting over the top of the route to make a play. Um, that vision that I talked about also makes him a threat in the return game. You know, he's returned two kicks and one pump for touchdown in 2017. Um, you know, you see him being able to find the cutback lanes and uses some sudden lateral cuts to get to the hole. And then, uh, he's explosive in the open field and, uh, threat to go to the distance, uh, every time he touches the football. I think he has a chance to start immediately opposite James Bradbury for the car, uh, for the Carolina Panthers, if that's ultimately where he comes off the board. But I think he is a first, uh, first round pick. Number four is, uh, Isaiah Oliver out of Colorado, 6'1", 190 pounds. Yes, another junior. Um, has the potential to be a first-rounder, but I think he's coming off the board in round two, uh, number 36 overall to Indianapolis. Um, big corner, good length, runs well, excellent ball skills. You know, He broke up 25 passes in his three-year career. Um, I think something else to, to make a note of is he finished seventh in the Pac-12 as a decathlete, which I think is a testament to his athleticism. You know, I think he has tremendous deep speed, and uh, is a tremendous leaper, but uh, you know, I was a, I ran track in, in high school, and I know track stars aren't used to having to throttle down in a hurry, which I think you know he he struggles to remain in phase with the receiver um, who isn't just running a go route or a post deep. You know, if they're running a comeback, I think he's gonna uh, struggle a little bit to be able to to sink his hips and drive off of that cut. Uh, he's physical at the line in in press coverage. But I think he struggles with some of his footwork and off coverage. Can be turned around a little bit. But uh, I think he definitely looks the part. Um, I think there's some holes in his ability to cover, which will make him a day two pick. But uh, you know, if 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 that does happen, I think the Colts will be just happy to to 
snatch him up there at number 36. Number five is uh, Jair Alexander out of uh, Louisville. Another junior, 5'11", 192 pounds. Have him going number five over, excuse me, 45 overall to the Packers. Uh, could be another uh, sleeper as a first round selection. You know, again, you know, if you look at the last couple of years, there were five corners taken in the first round of the draft. So I think, you know, I have three that are definite first rounders, but uh, don't be surprised if Isaiah Oliver and J- uh, Jair Alexander sneak into the first round. Uh, Alexander, I think, really made a name for himself as a sophomore. Picked off five passes, broke up nine more for the Cardinals. Uh, but he really struggled with a sprained knee and a broken hand as a junior, which caused him to miss half the season. But I think he showed at the combine that he was healthy, ran a 4 3 8 40. Um, I think he's an instinctive quarterback, uh, cornerback, does a good job reading the quarterback's eyes, uh, breaks quickly on the football. Um, I think he does a good job high pointing the football as well, uh, making a play on the receiver's hands to affect the catch. Um, he offers some ability as a punt returner as well. I don't think he's a finished product by any means. Um, I think he has a hard time locating the ball um, when he has to turn and, and and has to turn and track it. And uh, I don't think he's the most reliable tackler, um, which could ultimately cause him to fall a little bit and might be a, a day two pick as a result. But I still think he does have starter potential at the next level. So number six on my list, you guessed it, Another junior, uh, Carlton Davis, a bigger corner. He's 6'1", 203 pounds, out of Auburn. Number 53 overall to Buffalo is where I have him going. Um, again, uh, someone who likes to jam receivers at the line, reroute them off the, the line of scrimmage. Can also flip his hips and run stride for stride with receivers. Excellent ball skills, which is evidenced by his 28 pass breakups and three seasons with the Tigers. Um, I think he has to tone down his physicality a little bit. Uh, kind of tends to manhandle receivers, which will get him flagged quite a bit at the next level. He needs to really watch those hands. Um, I think he struggles in off coverage as well, kind of tends to give too big of a cushion uh, on the play, which ultimately will result in uh, receivers uh, picking him apart um, with with underneath routes. But I think he does have a a chance to be a quality starter at the next level uh, because of his physicality, his size, and his ability to make plays on the football. And I said, you know, he was going to Buffalo at number 53. Here's why it makes sense. You know, I think they did hit a home run when they they took uh, Tredavious White with the 27th overall pick a season ago. You know, they signed uh, Vontae Davis uh, to give a veteran presence in the secondary, but it was only a one-year deal. There's little depth at the cornerback position. They don't have to take a corner in round one, but uh, with Carlton Davis sitting there in round two, if Buffalo doesn't trade that pick, number 53 overall, he could be the guy. Now, number seven on my list you know, is, is a versatile player who has the ability to play both corner and safety, and that's MJ Stewart out of North Carolina. Our first senior, by the way, uh, 5'11", 200 pounds, uh, North Carolina Tar Heels. I have him going number 62 overall to Minnesota. Um, you know, I think he can provide depth at any position on the back end of the defense, Definitely a ball hawk for the Tar Heels. 41 pass breakups in four seasons. Um, But he also posted two straight seasons without a single interception. So that has to be cause for concern. You know, I think he might be best reading the quarterback's eyes and off coverage, really allowing him to drive quickly on the football in front of him and, you know, allows him to get a hand in and make the play. 
I think that also allows him to be effective as a safety, um, being able to read the quarterback size, uh, you know, as a center fielder, you know, has the strength to hold up and press coverage as well. Um, you know, he ran a, a four five four forty at the combine, not all that fast for a DB under six feet tall, um, which I think may limit his effectiveness on the outside, which may mean he can bump in to be a slot corner, um, which is exactly what the Vikings need. You know, the Vikings, you know, their starting secondary is set. They've got Xavier Rhodes, and they've got Trey Waynes at corner, Harrison Smith and uh, Andrew Sandejo as safety. They're lacking some depth. They could have, a, a, you know, either a third safety or a slot corner in, uh, in MJ Stewart, who I think would you know, probably be a better um, a better pro when it's all said and done than Mackenzie uh, Alexander. Number eight on the list is, is Dante Jackson. LSU, 5'11", 175 pounds, another junior. Uh, I have him going number 72 overall to the Jets. Um, he could be a second-round second, second round pick. I think he's probably a third-rounder, um, and I'll explain why. Uh, you know, you know, it's really, you know, he's just so slight. You know, I think it's going to limit his effectiveness and press coverage. I think he struggles to reroute receivers. I think he also gets out-muscled down the field. Could be a liability coming up in run, uh, run support as well. I think what everyone's enamored with is the fact that he ran a 4-3-2-40 at the Combine. He was also the leadoff leg at LSU's 4-by-100-meter relay team. Um, so he was definitely one of the fastest guys at the Combine and in college football. Um, fluid hips to allow him to mirror receivers all over the field. Um, really that explosive, you know, that explosiveness and the fluid hips um, allowed him to really you know, close quickly on the football as well. Did pick off four passes, broke up another 20 in three seasons with the Tigers. But again, being so slight, only 175 pounds, I think he's going to get pushed around quite a bit on the field. And uh, that's why I think really you know, he belongs coming off the board in, uh, in the third. Number nine is uh, another junior. Um, another big corner, uh, Quentin Meeks. 6'2", 205. Uh, have him going number 74 overall to the 49ers, taking a you know Northern California product. You know, big, physical, and uh, really flourishes in press coverage. You know, I think Meeks uses his length to jam receivers at the line of scrimmage, does a good job rerouting the receiver, uh, does a good job pinning the receiver to the sideline vertically, um, and then uses that 39.5-inch vertical leap to contest those 50-50 balls. Um, I think when he's in bail technique, does a good job reading the quarterback's eyes, can drive quickly to undercut routes, uh, good ball skills. You know, he picked off seven passes and uh, 18 pass breakups in his three seasons with the Cardinal. Um, you know, but as is you know expected with the bigger corners, I think he has some stiffness in his hips, lacks some of that recovery speed if he's beaten off the line. Um, but I think he's somebody you know using that physicality, um, somebody who I think can uh, carve out a, a nice career at the next level. You know, and it's someone who I think if he struggles on the outside, he's someone who could definitely slide in and be a safety. Number 10 is, is Anthony Averett uh, out of Alabama. Um, six foot, 185 pounds. Have him going number 75 overall to the Raiders. Uh, explosive on the outside, sub 4-4 speed, which allows him to play in off coverage. Drives quickly on the football. Thinking and runs drive for drive with receivers vertically. Uh, can close on the football quickly when he's even, uh, you know, uh, when he's beaten off the line. You know, using that that speed to really recover well. 
Uh, production just didn't match the physical skills, though. You know, he, he managed to pick off just one pass and broke up only 16 passes in three seasons with the Crimson Tide. So I think that's one of the things that's going to send him down the draft board. I actually wouldn't be surprised if he ends up coming off the board um, sometime on day three. Um, the production, I think, is something that has to be a concern. I'm going to give you a few more names to to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, J.C. Jackson, Maryland, uh, 5'11", 193 pounds, junior. Really started his co- collegiate career at, at Riverside Community College uh, after being charged with four counts of felony armed robbery, but he was found not guilty of any of those charges. Um, started 23 of his 24 games uh, with the Terps, 12 uh, pass breakups in his career. Someone who's really physical, um, but uh, he can get aggressive and handsy. Nine pass interference calls and uh, another five penalties for holding in just two seasons. So he's got to tone down that physical nature, but somebody who I think can definitely make a play on the football. And uh, if a team's looking to invest in a cornerback, um, you know, either on day two or day three, he could be somebody that, that you could jump for. Um, Nick Nelson out of Wisconsin, you know, 5'11", 208. Uh, the junior, um, you know, was, was seen as a, as a third-round pick. And then uh, he tore his meniscus during a pre-draft workout. Um, you know, he's he's someone who I think might be uh, ready to go by training camp. Um, but uh, I think his draft stock probably will still push him down to day three. But uh, he, he's someone who definitely makes a lot of plays. Showed up at, at Wisconsin after transferring. Uh, I'm sorry. He, uh, you know, he played at Hawaii. 15 pass breakups as a sophomore. Then transferred to Wisconsin and broke up another 21 passes. So he, he really knows how to make plays on the football. The question is, is you know, can he can he make the big play? Uh, failed to pick off a single pass, you know, at Hawaii or Wisconsin. So I think that's definitely a concern. Um, but I think he's someone who at least knows how to make some plays on the ball and uh, could be a third cornerback for for a team. You know, um, sometime like I said, probably on day three. Duke Dawson out of Florida. 5'10", 208 pounds, a guy who I think can be a slot corner at the next level. Um, you know, I think he can, he can thrive both in press coverage and in off coverage, um, can be physical up at the line to jam the receiver, um, doesn't get pushed around easily, um, but I think he also does a good job breaking quickly on the football. Um, so I think he's someone, maybe a late day two, probably an early th- uh, day three guy. Um, how about Tavares McFadden? Out of Florida State, you know, 6'2", 198 pounds. Um, this was a guy who, coming into into the season, was really a guy who was seen as a first-round pick. You know, he was aggressive, press corner, able to stay in phase up the sideline. Um, I think he was really good on the perimeter, but struggled mightily in, in, in off coverage. You know, was giving up way too many uh, touchdowns deep. Uh, ran a 4.6740, so you really have to worry about his his recovery speed. Um but he is someone who I think can win those those 50-50 balls. 38.5-inch vertical leap. Um, I think the lack of overall speed is going to get him um, taken off the board probably in the third or fourth round. Greg Stroman, Virginia Tech. Six foot, 180 pounds. Ran a 4-4-6-40 at the combine. Is he a slot corner or is he a boundary corner? You know, he's a little undersized, but I think he has an athletic... Um, Burst um, that really shows an off coverage. You know, he reads the quarterback eye, quarterback's eyes, and uh, can really close quickly on the football. 
Uh, excellent ball skills, nine interceptions, 27 career pass breakups. Um, I think DJ Reed out of Kansas State, 5'9", 188 pounds, probably a fifth or sixth rounder. Um, ran you know a little slower than I thought, 4'5", 140, but uh, seven interceptions and 25 tackles for loss in just two seasons with the Wildcats. Um, two other names, you know, late in the draft, uh, Chandon Sullivan out of Georgia State. 5'11", 195 pounds, 4'6", 40. You know, it was really uh, some concern. But, you know, I watched game film of him, and, you know, he really has some uh, ability to make plays over the top, um, runs a route for the receivers, and, uh, you know, does a good job high-pointing the football. And then Perry Nickerson out of, out of Tulane, 6'180", pounds, um, you know, 4'3", 16 interceptions, including 6 in 2014, and another 6 in 2017. 31 total pass breakups. You know, he's a guy that I like late in the draft who has a chance to stick because of his speed and ability to make plays on the football. Not someone that people are talking about because he is another guy who's rather slight. You know, he's, he's six feet, only 180 pounds. He's probably going to get pushed around, but he just knows how to make plays on the football. And that's something that you really definitely need at the next level. So finally, we're going to round up the secondary with the safety position. When you're talking about the safety position, you have to really start your conversation with Minka Fitzpatrick. 6'1", 201, Alabama. The junior I have going number nine overall to San Francisco. He's really the Swiss Army knife for the secondary. You know, He played every position in the secondary. Also lined up at linebacker for them. Uh, three-year career, 171 tackles, 16 for lo- 16 and a half for loss. Five sacks, nine interceptions, two of which returned uh, return for touchdown. 16 pass breakups and two forced fumbles. That versatility was really what brought him, um, you know, the uh, the Bednarik and the Jim Thorpe Awards in the same season, becoming just the third player in history to do that, you know, joining uh, future Hall of Famer Charles Woodson in 97 and uh, seven-time Pro Molar Patrick Peterson in 2010. So he's really an elite company there. High football IQ, knack for diagnosing plays, uh, reads the routes really well, reacting quickly. Um, you know, he's somebody who I think spends countless hours studying film because he is, um, you know, just really puts himself in the right position to make a play. Very savvy in coverage, has some stiffness in his hips, but I think he's still able to blanket his man without really allowing much separation because he really is already anticipating that route. You know, off coverage, I think he lets the, the receiver run the route, but he, he puts himself in a position to drive quickly on the football, undercut the route and still make a play. Um, you know, against Clemson, um, Fitzpatrick read a screen pass to the running back, shot past the, the left tackle, Mitch Hyatt, got outside to get a hand on the ball. In the national championship game against Georgia, blitz off the edge of the quarterback before reading a swing pass to Nick Chubb out of the backfield, forced him to stop on a dime, get outside, drop Chubb for a loss. It's that type of recognition, again, goes back to you know, the countless hours of game film. Aggressive in the box against the run, quick to diagnose plays, knives into the backfield to really make a play on the football. Um, on a third down play against Auburn, uh, you know he, he spun off a Nate uh, Craig Myers block on the outside to drop uh, Eli Stowe for loss on a jet sweep to the perimeter. So you know he's somebody who can make plays all over the field, um, and I think that's exactly what the 49ers could use him for. You know, he can be an immediate starter at corner if they need him to, play a safety in the base defense, possibly a linebacker in sub-packages. Uh, you know, another guy, you know, just like his versatility, I think Derwin James has the versatility to play safety and linebacker at the next level. Uh, Derwin James, 6'3", 218 pounds out of Florida State, 
redshirt sophomore, have him go number 13 overall to Washington. Could go as high off the board as, as uh, number seven to the Bucks. You know, and, and he's someone who I think would give uh, the Redskins, you know, that physical presence that they really haven't had since number 21. You know, Sean Taylor uh, was patrolling the, the secondary there. You know, but I think James, you know, he burst onto the scene at, um, in college football as a true freshman. Uh, freshman All-America honors in 2015, you know, posted impressive numbers. Um, you know, 91 tackles, nine and a half for loss, four and a half sacks, four pass breakups, four forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries as a true freshman. You know, he showed excellent range over the top, uh, covered a lot of grounds, you know, a, a lot of ground and really was a physical, um, physical tackler. Um, you know, hybrid linebacker um, in the box against the run. Uh, but his 2016 season was limited to just two two games, tore his lateral meniscus in the third quarter against Charleston Southern, uh, which ended his 2016 season, came back in 2017, but you know, he was used more in the box than as a traditional safety. You saw him a little hesitant, really wasn't trusting his reads like he was as a true freshman. Uh, inconsistent footwork, tackling ball carriers. You know, there are times where he was on his heels, which caused him to lose some of his balance um, and would give up extra yards to the running back. So you hope that he's, he's able, you know, with more time on the field, hopefully he'll be able to get all the way back to that that form that, you know, when he was a true freshman. But when he's completely healthy, I think he's exceptional in the box, a violent hitter, um, and, and somebody who can make plays on the football. My number three safety is Justin Reed out of Stanford, 6'1", 205. Uh, junior, have him going to Pittsburgh. Um, versatile. Um, patrols the back end of the defense, has some cover skills as well. Excellent range, five interceptions a season ago, can cover tight ends and running backs, can also line up in the slot. Uh, I think his aggressive nature kind of gets him into trouble at times, can get caught with his eyes in the backfield. Receivers can get uh, get behind him, and he can also get beaten on double moves when he's actually in coverage. Um, tends to trail plays over the middle, um, which can get him into trouble as well. Very reliable tackler, though, and... Uh, you know, very decisive, trusts his eyes uh, when he's coming up uh, against the run. Which then takes me to number four on my list, uh, Ronnie Harrison out of Alabama, 6'3", 214 pounds, a junior strong safety. Have him going on number 48 overall to the Chargers. Uh, blend of speed and size, perfect uh, for the safety position at the next level. Plays in the box, very physical against the run. Um, usually looks for the knockout blow, though, and doesn't really wrap up, which can get him into trouble at the next level. I think he's a fluid athlete in coverage. Shows a quick backpedal along with some quick hips to transition smoothly uh, and turn and run with the receiver. Uh, great range over the top, good anticipation, uh, but his aggressiveness will get him into trouble at some time as uh, you know, teams are going to look to bait him quite a bit. But uh, I think he can really bring a physical presence to the back end of a defense. Number five is, is Jesse Bates, the third. Wake Forest, a redshirt sophomore, 6'2", 195 pounds. I have him going to Jacksonville. Um, you know, number 61 overall. You know, he, he's someone who, if you look at him, you know, I think the Jags are really looking for athletes uh, to man the secondary. And I think Bates would be a nice addition as a third safety on the back end of the defense with, with uh, Barry Church and Tayshaun Gibson. Um, he's not much of a physical presence. Um, it doesn't really offer a whole lot in the box, but I don't think he would have to with the Jaguars. He's more of a center fielder, a deep safety. Uh, was a freshman All-American in 2016. 
you know, 100 tackles, picked off five passes, took two of those back to the house. Um, I think he's he's someone who can be a deep safety, like I said. He reads the quarterback's eyes, uh, quarterback's eyes and, and can react to the football in a hurry, you know, just really driving down the, uh, down the field and has the ball skills to make the play on the football. Uh, number six is Armani Watts out of Texas A&M. A free safety, 5'11", 205 pounds. Um, I think he's instinctive. Covers a lot of ground on the back end of the defense. Uh, tends to take some chances, which can get him into trouble. But I think he is a playmaker with a nose for the football. Um, Ten interceptions, broke up another 18. Forced uh, six fumbles in his career. A little undersized, but he's fearless. And I think he's the type of player that uh, someone like Greg Williams in, uh, in Cleveland would value on his defense. A couple other safeties just to mention. Uh, number seven on my list, Kaiser White out of West Virginia. 6'2", 216 pounds. Uh, brothers Kevin uh, you know, with the Bears. And then Karan White, who's also in this draft. He's a hybrid linebacker, strong safety, has some cover skills. Uh, I think he makes his, most of his impact in the box as a big hitter. Um, possibly a fourth rounder. I think Deshaun Elliott and a Texas 6'2", 205 pounds, a junior. Would have liked to seen him come back for another year, um, but uh, definitely a versatile safety. Good center fielder, tracks the ball well, had three interceptions against USC with a pick six, nearly returned to second for a touchdown, had a total of six interceptions on the year, um, eight and a half tackles for loss, three forced fumbles, nine pass breakups. Um, he's a little stiff in, in coverage, ran a 4 5 eight, 40, uh, so I think he's best deep over the top. Could be a third, fourth, possibly even a fifth-round pick. Uh, Quinn Blanding, 6'2", 213 pounds out of Virginia, uh, free safety, um, attacks downhill in the box, really a reliable tackler, very physical, uh, over 100 tackles in each of his four seasons with the Cavaliers, 495 in all. Um, very much a straight-line player, though. You know, He only had nine tackles for loss in his career, um, so it doesn't make a ton of plays behind the line of scrimmage, very stiff in coverage, um, which is going to keep him deeper than you like, but, uh, he did register 10 interceptions in his career. So you know that he has some ball skills and, uh, contracted, uh, the football just a little bit. Um, and then finally, Marcus Allen out of Penn state, 6'2", 202 pounds. I think he plays, uh, around the line very well, 320 tackles for loss, or excuse me, 320 tackles with 17 tackles for loss. But I think he's slow to react in coverage. You know, a lot of passes were completed in front of him. Um, so I think he's really going to be an in-the-box defender, mostly playing against the run. So we've gone through my first-round mock. We've broken down all the, the prospects by position. So I think now it's time to take a look at the NFL franchise's needs entering the draft. And we'll also take a look at the picks that they have in the draft and who might be the best fit. So I think we'll kick things off with the NFC East uh, to wrap up episode five, the New York Giants, you know, we'll start with them. Six total picks um, with, let's see, a total of four picks on, uh, you know, on, on the first two days. I think they definitely need a running back. Uh, the Giants were 26 in the league with uh, 96 yards per game. Uh, leading rusher Orleans Darkwa ran for just over 700 yards. He's a free agent, as is Sean, uh, Shane Vereen, um, whose production has fallen off of late. I think Paul Perkins has never been much of a factor. Uh, while last year's fourth-round pick, Wayne Gallman, is, is still getting his feet wet, 111 carries, 476 yards, the pick has to be Saquon Barkley out of Penn State. Um, I, I think they also need some O-line help. 
you know, the O-line overhaul has already begun with Nate Solder at left tackle, Patrick Omama at left guard from Jacksonville. Um, but they, there's a need at right guard and obviously at safe or at, excuse me, at center, uh, Weston Richburg was traded away uh, to the Niners. I think, you know, taking whoever they have, whoever's there at 34 uh, between Billy Price of Ohio State or, or James Daniels of Iowa, they have to get their pivot in this draft. I think either Price or Daniels is going to be that guy. I think the Giants also need a, uh, an edge rusher. You know, there's an outside chance that the number two pick could still be used on Bradley Chubb, uh, but in round two, they could look for a pass rusher to team with Olivier Vernon in, uh, in that hybrid defense uh, now that James Pierre, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul has been traded. I really don't think there is value at the top of the round of round two, though. So I think you're probably going to see them use one of their two third-round picks on someone like Dorrance Armstrong out of Kansas or maybe Obo Okoronkwo out of Oklahoma. I think both of them make sense. You know, depth is definitely an issue. Um, so I think there's actually a chance that you could see them take another edge rusher, possibly Duke Edgeofor out of uh, Wake Forest as a potential fourth-round pick as well. You know, the Giants need a receiver uh, now that they've let uh, Brandon Marshall go. So I think there's a need for a big-body possession receiver. Um, I think they could use a third-round pick on Alan Lazard out of Iowa State, or they could wait until the fourth, potentially go after Oklahoma State's uh, you know, Marcel Aitman or possibly even Indiana's uh, Simi Cobbs. And then, of course, the, the, the need on, on the defensive line you know, uh, Kareem Martin and Dalvin Tomlinson are the starters up front at defensive end. Um, but, you know, I think there's definitely a need for for depth. You know, the small small schools prospect like uh, Nathan Shepard out of Fort Hayes State has a chance to make an impact early at defensive end. Might be off the board by the end of day two, but if they wait till day three, um, they, they could go after Foley Fatakasi out of uh, UConn. He's somebody who really I haven't been talking about too much, and I don't know why. I think he's a guy who uh, has some strength and, uh, and athleticism, can play as a three technique in a 4-3, can also line up as a 3-4 defensive end, and I think he's got some versatility and can be off the board for, uh, for the Giants there on, uh, in the fourth round. So that'll take us to the Washington Redskins, who have eight picks in the first round, including just two um, in the first two, first two days. Um, and I think their two biggest needs are at nose tackle and safety. You know, an interior presence up front is needed. They finished dead last against the run a season ago. Possible landing spot for Vita Vea or uh, Deron Payne out of Alabama if they go, do uh, go nose tackle in the first round. Uh, with just one pick uh, on day two, number 43 overall, might be a stretch to go after Virginia Tech's Tim Settle here. If they wait till day three, there's a chance that they could get uh, Derek Nadi out of Florida State, uh, the bowling ball you know, um, in the middle of the defense safety. I have them taking a safety. Derwin James can be the physical presence that they're lacking in the back end of their defense. Uh, they traded away Sua Cravens. So they are going to need that physical presence, um, in the secondary. They also need a running back. I think the ground game really lacked explosiveness. They finished 28th in the league a season ago. Uh, Samaje Pirine, uh, led the, the team as a, as a rookie on the ground with 604 yards, averaged just 3.4 yards per carry. But uh, he did string together a couple of 100-yard performances towards the end of the season. Uh, I think Chris Thompson was a receiving threat out of the backfield, but he broke his fibula after 10 games. Um, so they're still hoping that he's going to be able to return to form. Uh, Rob, Rob Kelly lost carries to Pirine, and uh, he'll be a free agent at the end of the season. So I think his days in uh, Washington are going to be numbered. Um, really running back by committee approach. 
but they're lacking some explosiveness. Um, and if they want to use that second round pick on a running back, I think it'd be a good move to snag Sony Michelle out of Georgia has the versatility to be a weapon in the passing game. And I've been saying it, and this is the guy who I think could be the Alvin Kamara of this year's draft. Uh, linebackers, a, another need, uh, they need a rangy linebacker to really lead that defense. You know, if Tremaine Edmonds or Roquan Smith were to fall to number 13, I think they would be the pick. Um, I think their next option on day three could possibly be Oren Burks out of uh, Vanderbilt. 6'3", 233 pounds, uh, ran a 4'5", 940 at the combine. I think he can play inside or outside. Um, somebody who, who could be a day three pick and possibly step in and be a starter for them. And then finally, the quarterback position. You know, they need depth at the quarterback behind uh, Alex Smith, even after the trade for Kevin Hogan. Uh, potentially, uh, you know, Marshall's Chase Litton in round five. Um, or if they really want to go with the quarterback late, they could go Toledo's uh, Logan Woodside, who I think has some upside as a developmental prospect. Which then takes us to the Dallas Cowboys. Ten picks in this draft, but only three of them uh, in the first two days. And I think one of those is definitely going to be used on a receiver now that Des Bryant is gone. You know, without him, you know, the, the wide receiver position is an even bigger concern than it already was, you know, especially considering uh, you know, Terrence Williams is yet to make an impact, could be on his way out. Uh, Cole Beasley, major contributor on offense, but he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Alan Hearns was brought in to be a possession receiver, but injuries have really cut his last two seasons short. Is he going to be healthy? for an entire season. Um, you know, Calvin Ridley of Bama could be the guy, but my pick I think here is really um, going to be Cortland Sutton out of SMU. Ridley is not the explosive uh, receiver that I was expecting him to be, especially at the combine, you know, and really the more that I, I watch Sutton in the game film, he's a big bodied receiver with four or five speed generates separation late, large catch radius, to me, I've been saying this, I think he could be this year's Juju Smith-Schuster. Dallas also needs a pass rusher. You know, Demarcus Lawrence uh, finished the among the top in the league in sacks a season ago, uh, but the next pass, pass rusher was a defensive tackle. Uh, David Irving uh, racked up seven sacks a season ago. Tyrone Crawford, Taco Charlton didn't really make much of an impact. Um, so... Cowboys could potentially take a chance on Arden Key out of LSU. I think that's worth the risk at number 50. Um, and then, as I've said, middle linebacker is a potential uh, third third round pick. Take Josie Jewell out of Iowa. Um, O-line depth. You know, Lyle Collins, Zach Martin holding down the guard positions. Tyron Smith, Calvin Fleming, or excuse me, uh, Cameron Fleming at, at uh, offensive tackle. But depth is a concern, and we saw the impact a season ago with the injuries. Um, if you're looking for a guard um, on, on day day three, um, you're probably looking at Appalachian State's Colby Gossett, Iowa State's uh, Skylar Phillips, or even UCLA's Scott Quessenberry. I think they could provide some interior line depth in the fourth or fifth round. Uh, Brandon Parker of North Carolina A&T, Iowa State's uh, Jake Campos, or former Wagner basketball player uh, George, uh, Greg Sanat. I think could provide some depth late at the tackle position, sixth or seventh round. And then finally, the, the running back position. I think they need another back behind Ezekiel Elliott. Um, how about Arizona State's Kalen Balaj? I think he'd be a receiving option out of the backfield in the fourth or fifth round range. Um, I think Northwestern's Justin Jackson could be a nice steal later in the draft. 
I think he has all the ability in the world to be a, a you know versatile uh, running back, someone who can catch the ball out of the backfield. But there's a lot of wear on his legs with uh, over 1,100 carries and 122 receptions in his four-year career with the Wildcats, somebody who I think they can pick up late. Uh, which finally leaves us with the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. Just six picks. Um, you know, they have the, the first round pick and then, uh, they can really kick back until day three when they have, uh, two fourth round picks, unless they are looking to trade back into the draft, into the, into the second day of the draft tight end position. You know, I think that's one area, you know, now that Trey Burton left in free agency that opens a hole behind Zach Ertz. I think Dallas Goddard out of South Dakota state would give Carson Wentz another mismatch down the field. I compared him earlier to Travis Kelsey Imagine pairing Goddard with with Ertz. I think that uh, would just give give uh, Carson Wentz just even more weapons, uh, which could be a, a scary proposition. Linebacker, I think that's a need. Uh, Nigel Bradham was re-signed, but Jordan Hicks really struggled with injuries. Like I said, since his time in Texas, if Leighton Vander Esch or Rashawn Evans somehow happens to fall, I think they both make sense here. If not, you're looking at a fourth-round pick, possibly Micah Kaiser out of Virginia. And like I said, maybe T. Uh, T Gray Scales of Indiana. If they chose to wait even longer, then maybe Nick DeLuca out of uh, North Dakota State could be an option uh, inside, possibly as a sixth or possibly even a seventh-round pick. Uh, the running back by committee worked last year, but uh, you know Garrett Blunt is gone. You know they still have Corey Clement, Jay Ajayi, Wendell Smallwood, Danell Pumphrey on the roster, but. You know, you can never have enough running backs really at this point. I think they need somebody, um, you know, uh, who who can complement that group as a bigger back. I think Josh Adams of Notre Dame could be a day three pick for them. Receiver position, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Mac Hollins, Mike Wallace. I think they do need another in, uh, impact wideout at the position. Deshaun Hamilton of Penn State is a shifty guy in the slot. Uh, Trey Quinn of SMU is a good possession receiver. Um, with very reliable hands. And then Kiki Cutie um, can be explosive both in the slot and on the outside. Um, so I think that that could be a potential position that you could see uh, the Eagles going going with late. So that's it for episode five. Let's go ahead and bring this podcast to a close. We'll continue to take a look at the team needs and possible fits for the remaining 28 teams for episode six. Uh, like I said, just another four days before we kick off the first round of the NFL draft prime time Thursday, April 26th, absolutely one of my favorite times of year. Um, you know, it might even be my favorite time of year, you know, all the games watched, all the notes that have been taken, the players that have been broken down, the rosters that have been analyzed, uh, identifying the fits throughout the year have all led to this. And I can't be more excited NFL draft just four days away, uh, which probably means I'm going to try to squeeze two more podcasts in one to break down the um, remaining uh, uh, team needs heading into the draft. And then one final podcast to go ahead and and just tie everything together and, uh, you know, get ready for that draft. Again, don't forget to check out readyforthedraft.com until next time, everyone. Please have a great day. Until then, I'm out.